1: For those who uh, don't know me or remember my time here, I was a youth pastor here for about five and a half years at River of Life, and this is home, and you are family, and I bring you greetings from Virginia Beach, Virginia, where my family is, and the, the real half of the family that you want to see. <laughs> the message has been received, I, I get it. So I, I'm in town uh, helping my dad, my dad lives in Hitchka, Florida, and he was really impacted. Uh, by uh, the hurricane back in October and I've made a couple of trips down to help him out with several different things. He just got, uh, well his roof is all torn apart now and um, it's just now getting some repairs going on uh, after all this time. And I know that is the tip of the iceberg. There are people who lost their whole homes and all kinds of things and so I won't uh, get into all of that but please pray for my family. It's been, it has been tough and we've just got several projects over the next couple of days at his home and at the, the family farm in Jackson County where uh, we're working on some things there. But I'm glad to be with you today and I'm humbled uh, to be here. My Christian testimony starts when I was in the fourth grade and uh, a man from the Assembly of God church about 10 miles away through the peanut fields and dusty dirt back roads came and picked me up in the back of a Dotson pickup truck and toted me to church and made us learn the scriptures before we could get any candy, uh, made us learn our memory verse before we could jump off the dock and into the pond that the church owned down the way, and taught us how to be men of God, and taught us to love the Lord. And out of that church have come missionaries, have come pastors, have come uh, people who work in all kinds of different uh, ministry positions such as myself and I counted it up one time and I think I figured out that out of this church that will probably have a hundred people today in service there are pastors and missionaries and people all around the world that will have between 10 and 15,000 people under their, the sound of their voice uh, because they are fanned out all across the world it is a sending church and so uh, it was in Dillwood, which is a suburb of Two Egg And uh, I pulled into the airport last night in Panama City and the young woman said, where are you from? And I said, I'm from Two Egg. And she didn't know where that was. And I said, well, you're from Panama City. You should know where Two Egg is. And so you just need to get out more. That's just how, that's what it comes down to. Let's take our Bibles today and turn to the book of Galatians chapter 1. Galatians chapter 1 is very easy to find in your New Testament. And if you you feel good or you look good, say amen. amen. That's everybody. Or if you're just optimistic about the future, I guess you could say amen too. This is the day that the Lord has made and I am still feeling the resurrection Sunday experience. I'm just overwhelmed by the Easter season. I'm overwhelmed by the idea that my God incarnate as man would be uh, uh, crucified, dead, buried, raised again on the third day. That's my God. That's my Jesus. And there's no reason that since it's been two or three weeks or, or a month or a month and a half that that should just fade out somehow every sunday is a celebration of that kind of power that's our king that's our god the god of power over death that's our king and let's not forget it today but i want to remind you today that god specializes in giving folks new beginnings new how many people have ever needed a new beginning how about this how about have you ever needed to be forgiven That's fine. Raise a hand. I mean, really forgiven. You know what? Really? Yes. Okay, okay. So so he's not just the God of the do-over. He's the God of the start-over. He's that kind of God, a God of new beginnings. And so if you're ready this morning for a word from God, just turn to your brother or sister next to you and just say, I'm ready. I'm ready. If they're not ready, shake them a little bit. Okay. Galatians... Chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. Paul. Somebody say Paul. Paul. That was really good. (laughs) All right. Paul, an apostle not from men nor through man. He said, I didn't get my validation from men and I wasn't called by a man. But through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. And that's what this resurrection season is all about. We believe that Jesus was raised from the dead and all the brothers who are with me to the churches of Galatia Grace to you and peace from God our father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to talk to you today about new beginnings Would you just join me for a moment slip your hands up in the air as I pray uh, Over this message father we come to you today And we just pray that you will speak through this word today and, And I pray that you use me as your secretary to write it down on the hearts of men Have your way in this place and show us just a little bit more of who you are on this Resurrection Sunday. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. He is the God of new beginnings. He is the God who will give you a brand new start. Is there anybody who's thankful for that today? Can we just thank him? The God of new beginnings. Brand new starts. And I look back on my life and I told you a little bit about how I came to know the Lord. And I've dropped the ball, church, really. I mean, if you got my whole uh, resume, you might not be interested in, in seeing me up here uh, at all. <laughs> I mean, really, it's just, I, I know the condition of my heart. I know the status of my, uh, of my thoughts. I know what's going on inside. I know what I struggle with and wrestle with. And, and, and I'll tell you, it's, uh, uh, it's been a mess sometimes for me. Maybe not for you, but somebody on your row has had a mess. I'll just tell you that. So we've all got issues and we've all got problems and we've all got uh, something going on. But I'll tell you what, I've messed up since I've been saved. There's a few amens. Pray pray for your weaker brother. I mean, come on, Listen, since I've been saved, I've had to to struggle and wrestle with attitudes and problems. But God specializes in giving new beginnings. It's It's what this whole period of time surrounding the resurrection is all about. And Paul now is introducing himself to the Galatian church. And he's writing, and he's introducing himself. And he says these words, Paul, an apostle, not from men nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead... He writes this because there are those in the Galatian church who question his ministry. They question his ministry. They didn't see him as valid. They didn't see him as worthy. He's got too many issues, too many problems. And the lesson here for us is this. Don't trip over criticism. Don't trip over criticism. Because there are people who will be critical of your walk in Jesus Christ. And if you serve the Lord, if you're called to do anything significant in ministry under the lordship of Jesus Christ, you are always going to deal with critics. But let me tell you something. People only throw shade on what shines. That's a fact. Somebody in the back was feeling that. I could just tell. They were, oh, you, I got you. Listen, if you're, if you're not shining, nobody's coming at you. But the moment that you let the glory of God reflect off your life and, 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 and emanate from your life, then you're going to start to feel what's going on out in the world. And the very fact that you have critics in your life, sometimes that tells you you're doing something right. It means that something... Is up. I didn't really care much about five star reviews on Google until somebody came onto our ministry website and accused us of some stuff that was not true. And then they basically said, and I'm paraphrasing, they said, and Mr. Russell can go jump in the river. But that's not what they said. <laughs> I found out a lot about how all that stuff works during that period of time. It becomes a legal matter after a while, especially when they threaten you personally. And that really bothered me for about a week and a half until one day it just dawned on me, we're actually making a difference in people's lives. And the more we push in and the more we press in against the... the, tricks of the enemy the more we come against the way of darkness the brighter our light shines and the more it blinds people who are coming at it and a lot of times those unhealthy people will come at the light uh, uh, just just making a, a a big commotion because it's exposing the darkness of their heart people don't like that i don't like that we used to have a form when somebody would come into the Teen Challenge ministry. We use something a little bit different now. But on that form, it says, Welcome to Teen Challenge. Please list all the secrets your family has told you never to tell anyone. And then it's just a blank page after that. You can get a discussion going on something like that. That's, that's a way to get some things opened up. <clears throat> well, anyway. Paul's being criticized by people in the Galatian church because his gospel is a gospel that declared that you are saved by grace. He said you are saved not by your works. You're not saved by what you do. You're not saved by your religion. You are saved by grace. And these folks in the church had been infiltrated by a group of people called the Judaizers. And the Judaizers said, uh, that's not going to work. You're not saved just by grace. You are saved uh, through Jesus Christ plus. The only way you can know Jesus and really be a Christian is you're going to have to follow the rituals of Judaism as well. And so the people are like, well, what does that mean? They're like, for example, you're going to have to be circumcised. And then people say, well, what does circumcision mean? And they say, well. (coughs) And they told them. (laughs) And they said, well, (laughs) hold up. I mean, you got a bunch of 35, 40-year-old men, and you come in and say, the only way we can do this is to be circumcised. We're going to have a problem. We've got a problem. It's in my notes. It says, don't stay here too long. So you, you, I hope you... So the Judaizers have infiltrated this church, and they're saying, Jesus saves plus. Jesus saves plus plus joining my church. Jesus saves, plus doing what I do religiously. Jesus saves, plus you got to act like me, look like me, sound like me, smell like me. you got to be just a cookie-cutter template of what I've got going on. Come on, I grew up in a lot of religious mess like that. And that's not where God's blessings flow is making everybody look like another man when we're called to be disciples of Jesus Christ. If you are in the process of discipling people, and I hope that you have somebody in your life that you, you're guiding and leading, they shouldn't turn out looking just like you. They should turn out looking more like Jesus. So along comes Paul and he says, well, you can't do anything to save yourself. You can't do anything to justify yourself. He says, you'll never be religious enough. Your road will never be long enough. You'll never talk enough theology to, to, to pull yourself up by your bootstraps, your bootstraps. You'll never be deep enough. You'll never be religious enough to save yourself. And this is new information for first century Uh, uh, the first century world and this early church that's coming up this is new information because after eons of living not just under the law but, but all of the extra that the rabbis had hedged around the law so that people wouldn't even get close to violating the law now you're saying that it's just Jesus and I want to tell you something church there is one way that you can be saved and that is to cast everything that you have on Jesus Christ everything that you have on Jesus Christ and say, I'm altogether unworthy, but Lord, if you will forgive me of my sins, if you will give me a brand new start, I, c- I claim you as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. That is the way. And can I? Just, how many people got saved just like that? Did you get saved like that? Just by the power of God and a relationship with Jesus Christ and, and, and to know Him and to love Him and to serve Him. It wasn't the denomination that saved you. It wasn't works that saved you. For by grace are you saved. And that's the hope that we give people at this time of year. So number one, Paul is getting past his past. Paul is getting, he says here at the very inception of his writing, he says, Paul, an apostle, not from men nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. Listen, in essence, he's saying, if you got a problem with God, Uh, or or my call, then take it up with God. If you got a problem with God using me, then take it up with him because he's the one who's called me to do what I'm doing. And Paul never denied that he had issues in his past or that he persecuted the church. Uh, He only declared that he was called out of his past. Praise God called out of his past. So don't worry about denying what you did in your past. Don't worry about cleaning that up and making it look just right so that you can somehow become more presentable or more acceptable. God wants to use you right where you are right now. You don't have to be bound up by the past because the past is over and he's given you a new beginning. So Paul's under attack because of his past. And he's having to say these things in the beginning of this letter and Paul's being dealt with because he had persecuted the church but Paul writes in Galatians 1.13 and says, For you have heard of my former life in Judaism how I persecuted the church of God violently and tried to destroy it. What an introduction. Hey, I'm your speaker today. Paul? Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Uh, I was killing you guys before. <clears throat> I persecuted the church, and I was good at it. That's the message from Paul's past. But here's what Paul wants them to know. God specializes in getting people past their past. God specializes in it. And that's what's going to happen in a growing church. There's going to be all kinds of people that come in right here with all kinds of messed up past, but God is going to get them past their past. There are people yet to come into this church who have a past and they will need to God will get them past their past right here won't he do it won't he do it church he's done it for you and he'll do it for them Paul said I've got this messed up past but I'm called to be an apostle you can never be surprised when the devil stations people against your calling it's not that's not uh something that's that that you should miss Or, or, oh, I didn't know that was going to happen. But we already know he's out there seeking to destroy. We already know the way of the enemy. God is going to bring some people in here. And it's going to make us uncomfortable. People you don't even like. And you know what? He'll sit them down right next to you. How do I know that? (laughs) Because it's happened to me. And you get up and you move and they get up and they follow you. And you're like, well, can I tell you something? There is a Redeemer in this place. And there is nothing in their past that is greater than their future if they accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. That is the fact. Nothing from the past can overwhelm a future in Christ. So God's going to bring some people in here and and he's going to start to raise them up. But let me tell you about Paul's ministry here. A lot of these problems that Paul's dealing with revolved not so much around his forgiveness and preaching grace, but it was the ego of these Judaizers and these uh, teachers and different people. It bothered so many of these people that Paul was now being greatly used by God. And operating in this apostolic authority that had come down from God, and He's God is using him, and He's bypassing all the protocols, and He's bypassing all of the uh, the, the religious formulas of the day, the the shame and honor culture that exists. You know, they this is a this is a poor. Uh, world it's a no middle class you're either the poor people on the bottom or a handful of wealthy people on the top money is not transacting as much as honor is passing back and forth from people who haven't people who don't have it and you can't just all of a sudden say you've got it that messes us up so paul comes in and says of his own uh, 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 uh announcement i'm an apostle and, and I, I when I see this being used in his life, and how how so many things that were messed up in his past, and, and how they wanted to reject him because of those things, it reminds us that you don't have to have a flawless life to be mightily used by God. Number two, getting past the officials. They had a problem with Paul because he didn't come from what they considered the official church. I actually don't like this point this much, but I have to say it this morning. There's people out there that from time to time set up and they say, well, this is the way you got to go through. This is our denomination. And if people are going to do things and you got to file some paperwork and you got to go through this thing and you'll be wearing these t-shirts and you'll, uh, we're going to put this tattoo on your forehead and uh, we're going to all these different things. So much bureaucracy. It's like, where does this stuff come from? And somehow that's, that's what when humans get involved, they, they start making these things and calling them the official way. And Paul walks right past all of that. Can I just tell you something? When God looks down at color County, he doesn't see Baptists and Methodists and Episcopalians. He sees people. God sees people. He sees his creation, and he longs to have a relationship with that creation. We can't believe that, that he loves the uh, Assembly of God church more than he loves the Baptist church or loves this church or, or he loves uh, uh, MedArt more than he loves... Tallahassee but we probably think that's true but uh y'all laugh too hard on that one Can I tell you something the official church is the church that is washed in the blood of the lamb That's your official church If Amen He was not appointed. He didn't have his paperwork. In other words, they wanted him to be approved by this religious establishment. But he walked right past it. And he found his credibility not in denominations, not in their structure. Where he found his credibility and what gives you real credibility is when you have a touch of the Holy Spirit on your life. Paul was known for coming into town. I'm going to tell you a quick little story. You're going to think this is so irrelevant. But that's okay. I burned my shirt ironing this morning not this shirt this is my backup shirt I bought a brand new shirt because I've preached several times in the last month and every time I preach they take a picture of me and I'm wearing the same shirt so, <laughs> so I told Cindy I said we got to go to the mall and we went to the mall and I bought a new shirt I bought a nice shirt for River of Life I just want to let you know and so so I got my nice shirt and I put it I, I, I put it in my suitcase And uh, so I got it out last night when I got to my dad's house and my stepmother uh, doesn't have an ironing board. We can uh, take up an offering to pray for her. She needs an ironing board. But she does have an iron, a really hot iron, by the way. It's 7,000 degrees. It's like plasma. You just, so, so I, she said, you could use the bed. Well, the bed's too lumpy. You use the bed, that doesn't work. You use, I thought, I thought I could use the floor. That doesn't work. Because <laughs> it almost melted the carpet. So I said to myself, I, the only flat place I can find is this chest of drawers right here. Grown. You can go ahead. You know where I'm going. Because I managed to peel some of the finish off of the, yeah, yeah, I know I was there. At 11 o'clock last night, I'm ironed. Oh, no, oh. And it oh, it's such a lovely little shirt. It was so nice. And so I, I just steamed this one. I was like, no more of that. I just, you know, backed off of it. <clears throat> now, why would I tell you that? Because I got to thinking this morning as I was coming in that if there was no power... In my ministry as as a as a man of God, I believe I'm called to minister to people. If there were no power in that, I would be glad that at least the church would recognize I was wearing the same shirt in all the pictures they had seen. That, that may sound silly, but if you don't have any power, you gotta have something so they know that you're Paul. How are they gonna know it's Paul? There's no internet. He doesn't have a Facebook page, he, he doesn't have a blog, he's Paul. They might have seen his handwriting but they've heard about the power. And when he comes into places, there's healings and miracles. Churches are started. Some of the first Christian churches that have ever been are started through his ministry. He goes to the next town. Paul is just burning up the Middle East, doing all these amazing things. And his reputation has to precede him. Because if there's no reputation of God's power, then what you see with your eyes will deceive you. And somebody else will come into town and say, well, I'm Paul. Paul operates in power. And that power is is reflected in the way that he talks about himself. I am Paul, an apostle. Not of men. Not through man. But through Jesus Christ that's where the power comes from he didn't need a uniform he didn't need a badge because when you come in and the power of god and there's a touch of holy the holy spirit on your life there's your credibility there's your credibility when you are aligned with the word of god there's your credibility when what you say lines up with what God is doing and where he's going, there's your credibility. When people are healed, when blinded eyes are open, when, when there are miracles and the power of God is flowing, there's your credibility. That's what he operated it in. And it was not in religion or the hope of being religious enough. It was in the hope in the cross of Jesus Christ. And can I tell you something? If you are not a believer today or you are in the seats today thinking well maybe I should be a Christian maybe I should give my life to the Lord can I tell you something all we are offering you is one name that is above every other name and that is the name of Jesus Christ one name above every other name and that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow Paul said he called me he commissioned me he forgave me he restored me he said I, I was uh, I, I was already religious enough I had all of that I was already connected, a Pharisee among Pharisees. He says, I have all that. I needed something more. And that more was the grace of Jesus Christ. And I'm just telling you, whether it's in here or out there, wherever you go and flow, we got to give people more. A gospel of Jesus Christ that sets people free. That, that sets them free from their past and, and, and the, the, the burdens that they carry. So it doesn't matter about your past. It doesn't matter how much you've messed up. You are a saint of God, according to my Bible. You're a, we have a title. We are saints under Jesus Christ. And we need to know who we are today. Paul says, I'm an apostle. And I have all these people telling him he's not an apostle. They said, you're not worthy. There's too much in your past. It's, I, what I want to say to you today is someone else's opinion of you does not change who you are if you refuse to let him. Church, there's people in your family that don't believe you're saved. I, I, that's, hey, what you done for me lately? You got all this, Jesus, what's going on? What, what's coming my way? There's, I, I, when I look back on my life, when I examine my own self and get in my own lane, church, I see what you can't see. I see a little boy who was picked up and taken to church. I see how bleak the outlook was. I see how damaging and hurtful some of the emotions that were churning up in a dysfunctional, disorganized family. I see all of that. And so because I can see that, it doesn't matter that you can't see it, but I know how far God has brought me from. And because I know the distance from my past to where I am now, I am assured of His power for the future. Amen. He's a good God. Amen. He is a good God. There's got to be power in the blood of Jesus Christ. And when you know who you are and you are secure in your identity, then, then, just, just leave it at this. Don't let anybody talk you out of your place in God. Amen? Amen. So here's the deal. We're not offering people religion, but a new identity in Jesus Christ. Paul says, Paul, an apostle, not from men nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead, and all the brothers who are with me to the church in Galatia, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, you may not understand why God called me, why he's using me. He said, I don't even understand it myself, but if you have a problem with it, then take it up with God. The truth is, that God's going to use people in these last days It's going to blow our minds. Blow your minds. I just gave a graduation certificate to a young man, 17 years old. When he came in, he was addicted to marijuana. Uh, all kinds of like CBD oil. Y'all need to get that. That stuff will, I'm just telling you. We'll talk about that later. Um, I don't even want to talk about that right now. Kid was messed up. Drugs at the just the bottom and his parents brought him in he's angry 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 he cussed at all of us he punched the walls the teen challenge walls are not even uh walls anymore they're just one big patch they're just like hey, everybody's always hitting the walls i mean this kid was angry last night he's praising god and, and i mean not in a uh, nobody wrote down his testimony for him he got up there and he said this is my new life in jesus christ this is the way I have chosen. This is the way I will walk. I get excited about our graduations. We, just Friday night, we had two graduates. It was powerful. So do you realize what Paul is saying? He says, if God can raise Jesus from the dead, this is so appropriate for this resurrection season. If God can raise Jesus from the dead, if he has that kind of power, don't you think with that kind of power that he's got power over my past? Don't you think? If he could raise him from the dead, if he can take a a, a man out of a tomb and, and forgive me for just a moment, but a cadaver, if he could take a dead, lifeless we don't know all the things that go into the resurrection, but it's got to be big. We know it's big because if you go to Israel and find this tomb and holler in there one good time, you'll get an echo because he's not there. If he can do that, if he can take this cadaver and raise him from the dead, don't you think that he can take me and raise me up and put me in the ministry? Don't you believe it? Don't you believe it today? You're wondering about my credentials. You wonder how I have the authority and the power to rise up and call myself an apostle. Do you not know that God raised Jesus from the grave? And if he can do that, he can raise me up. And here's the truth, church. He can raise you up. Wherever you are and whatever your circumstances, he can raise you up because he's got that kind of power. Now, I want you to look at your neighbor for just a moment. Trust me. Will you trust me? I know. It's the preachers Say, turn to your neighbor, and they could tell you to say all kinds of stuff. I'm going it's only going to be good stuff. Okay. Turn to your neighbor and say, our story will release hope and love in this season. And if God will save us, he can save anybody. Amen. Amen. Last point, number three, getting past the doubters. Paul needed to get past the doubters. And he said, and to all the brothers who are with me. It's the end of that verse. And to all the brothers who are with me. Now he's writing a letter to some folks that he knows are not with him. Right? They're not, some of these folks are not with him. Have you ever had to speak things that are not as though they were? Yes, you have. But he said, as bad as it is, I still got some brothers who are with me. He says, some of you knucklehead Galatians are not with me. But I got some brothers who are with me. And it's like underneath the current of this letter, he's saying, come on, man. Come on. You may not like me, but I got folks who are with me. You may not appreciate me coming against your rituals and all that, but I got, I got people who are with me. I got people who have always been by my side. You know, what we have a tendency to do is only highlight who's against us and forget who's for us. And I think it's become an art form in, in the day and age that we live in. As if you can't promote goodness without having haters in your life. What is that about? I got nine hundred people who want to march in one direction, and and the only way I can think of communicating the good direction we want to go in is to is to highlight the person who's against us. That's not how God operates. He's got an agenda and he's moving forward. And Paul says, "Come on, man, and listen. I, I know. I started this message by by with a little transparency. I, I know." about my past. I know where I've been. I know when I've betrayed people. I know when I've let people down. When I was thinking earlier about, do do you ever need forgiveness, not just from God, but from somebody, more times than not, I don't just go say, I'm sorry. I get down on my knees and say, I was wrong. I was out of order. So with all that in mind, we can't forget about the folks who stood with us even though we come out of a a, a jacked up, messed up, dysfunctional past some of it by our own doing and I know people have issues and, and some of it is just thrust onto us from time to time but there are people in our lives who never stopped doubting even when we were crazy they never stopped doubting they were our friends They were ministering to us, a a ministry, of fellowship, because they stood by us. You know what a good friend is? A good friend is is somebody, when you're doing something dumb, they'll just stand up right next to you and be dumb there right with you. They're just, that's a good friend. They may not join you, but they will bear that name with you. And when Paul says they're standing with me, it, it illuminates the fact that they are arm in arm, lockstep. We're with Paul. Yeah, not everything's perfect, but he's he's, he's in step with what God's doing. I'm with Paul, and he's a real friend. So God is like that. God will put somebody with you. God will put somebody with you who will stand with you for your healing. He'll stand with you for your deliverance. A friend will stand with you for your b- victory, for your breakthrough, for whatever it is that you need, a friend will stand with you. And I'm going to ask you to stand with me today. Would everybody in the room just stand up? And I'm actually close to concluding, but I'm going to ask you to stand up through a couple of little things. But would you just take a moment, and this is not meet and greet time, but would you just take a moment... Right where you're standing, and would you look around the room and would you just recognize two or three people and say, I'm with you. I'm with you. And if the musicians would head this way, that would help us a lot too. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. you three words I'm with you if it's a young man young woman I'm with you maybe you didn't move across the room but there's somebody over there after church you can tell them I'm with you I'm with you I'm with you I'm with you I'm with you. So stop worrying about the haters and stop worrying about the antagonizers and stop worrying about the trash talkers and stop worrying about the people who want to... The people who say that there ain't no way. Stop worrying about that. And just one more time, look around this room and I want you to remain standing. But see the people who are standing with you today. These are your brothers and sisters in Christ. These are the ones who stand with you. And not only if this brother and this sister will say that I am with you, what a reflection of God's power. God is for us. God is with you. God is for us. And if God is for us, then who can be against us? Give Him a shout and a praise today. He's worthy. God is for us. Now, if you can stand, if you can't, that's fine. But if you can stand, please stay with me. I want to read two more passages of scriptures. In Psalm 59, 16, David said this, But I will sing of your strength. I will sing aloud of your steadfast love in the morning. This gives me chills. I will sing of your strength. I will sing aloud of your steadfast love in the morning. For you have been to me a fortress and a refuge in the day of my distress. What a God. What a recognition from David. But listen to what he says in Psalm ninety-four, eighteen. David says, of the Lord, when I thought my foot slips, your steadfast love, O Lord, held me up. He said, I looked around and nobody was with me. The room was empty. There wasn't anybody there at church on Sunday. There wasn't anybody standing next to me at work who would say, I'm with you. My family wasn't with me. People were coming at me. My own children were coming at me. And I looked around and nobody was there. And I said, I think my foot slips. But your steadfast love, O Lord, held me up. I didn't have any help in the moment. I was losing my way. And when I thought I was alone... Your mercy came and held me up. Your mercy came and picked me up. When I thought I was alone, when I thought there wasn't anybody to help out, when I thought my foot slipped, your mercy came and held me up. And David said, so I'm going to sing. And I'm going to sing loud. I don't know if he said loud, but we're going to sing pretty loud. (laughs) He did. I will sing aloud. He said, I will sing aloud of your steadfast love in the morning. Can you praise him one more time? So even when you tried to get away from him, he was with you. Even when you felt your foot slipping, he was with you. Even when you were acting crazy, he was with you. And while they sing, uh, I'm going to come down front. We're just going to have a time of ministry. But I want to invite you, if you don't know the Lord, If you don't have a a relationship with Jesus Christ, while they're singing and while this congregation is singing, this would be a great time for you to get to know Jesus. This would be a great time to come down. And and you can make that declaration. I think my foot slips. You don't have to confess everything today. But you might be saying something in my my spirit man says, I got to go down and I need to get to know this Jesus. We'll pray with you. Maybe you have some needs. Maybe there's something on your heart and you say, my foot slips, look around, look around. It's a church full of people that love you and want to bless you. David said, when I think about him like that, I have to praise him real loud. When I think about him like that, I got to sing and I got to praise him. Before they start singing, would you just take, just look at your neighbor one time, just say, excuse me, I'm about to have to, I'm about to have to sing real loud. (laughs) Amen. If you need ministry or you want to know the Lord, come down front. We'll pray with you.
0: Thank you again for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If this message has touched you today, or you need someone to pray with you, then please let us know. You can call us at 850 926 1200 or send an email to info at riveroflifefl.com. We also encourage you to visit River of Life this Sunday at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. For more information, visit us at riveroflifefl.com.